This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hey everybody, it's Valerie here. The theme for part one of two in these next couple of episodes is just me and this guy named Michael Montgomery getting to know each other. I've kept this banter in because it kind of sets the stage for our two-part interview. Plus, he's just such a great personality, so I wanted to show this part off. And because we're both hosts, we love to ask questions. As we sip tea in my Studio 17 in Calgary, we sure enjoy this banter. We discuss my studio space, equipment, past podcasts, new themes, a cold case I investigated, Netflix special on Dirty John, and my new side hustle and his passions, two wheels with a motor. And getting into this great city of Calgary we live in, his finger is on the pulse of this city, being in real estate. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about eating, reading, and creating. How these three things influence us every day and the people that make this happen. Isn't it you or me or our friends? We talk about podcasting and our themes. We recorded this interview in my home studio, Studio 17 in Calgary, and we talk about passions. He's really focused, and I'm just getting there. As you can hear my thoughts about 2020 and coming up with a theme. Part one starts kind of in the middle of a conversation, but let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of, it was growing, and we're kind of at this at this point where we could potentially be growing out of it. So oh, that's exciting. Well, it, w- it was exciting, but we absolutely love it so much. And we have such a great connection with the people that are there. Mm-hmm. So they had opened up like this satellite office on 9th, which worked perfectly for us. So hmm. we, we shifted over there and it's still under their same umbrella, but we have like this little satellite office. with. Yeah, I know what you're talking companies. about because some of the podcasters do mm-hmm. sessions in that co-space. They right? do. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the co-working space itself is, it's massive. It's huge. They have a great event space. Okay. And so there's a lot of people that are in and out of there. Very entrepreneurial. And what's it called again? Commons? So that, one's, that one's called The Commons. The Commons. Okay. And that's where we're based on it. But there's some great ones in Calgary. I've had, so Zach, one of the owners, he's been on my show. And then mm-hmm. Alex Pudisi, he's the, he's the owner of, have you heard of Work Nicer? No. That's another one. And they're, they have three or four different locations around Calgary. But it's such a great concept because for a smaller company like us, mm-hmm. it, either you open up your own little space and you end up just sharing, you know, four walls with just a couple of people. Right, right. Or you go into something like this where there's hundreds of people, all the same sort of size. So it just creates yeah, such so, a great environment. Yeah, because they used to have one um, at the university called mm-hmm. Innovate, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm very familiar with that one, actually. And it yeah. was all like newbie entrepreneurs that yeah. would have a common 
boardrooms and yeah. common receptionists and yeah, and it just it makes so much sense. But your overhead are, is just like chopped in half too, right? Oh, it, like, it is like on a, a, on a price practically. Per, yeah, exactly. On a price per square foot basis, you still mm-hmm. you you pay for it, but. I mean, everything that comes with it. And some of these small things that you don't think about, like, you know, setting up your internet and getting like... like it's like the one thing that you need and this is the last thing that you yeah. think about. Well, I'm in the signage business. Oh, are and, you? Yeah. And okay. so we are always last. Yeah. It's the first thing everybody needs when they open the door, but mm-hmm. it's the very last thing that they want to deal with. That they want to handle. Yeah, they just don't want to deal with it. So, but when they when they reach out, yeah. they, boom, boom, they need it now. Oh, they need it like yesterday, we're opening. <laughs> okay, do you have electrical there? No, I don't. How do we get that? Like, yeah. then you're starting to like problem solve that. Yeah, that and from portion. a project management standpoint, you have... You have a lot of pieces to kind of fit in. in Yeah, it goes pretty smooth because it's a lot of the same things that every Mm -hmm. single person needs. Yeah. But it's the personality. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That makes it harder or easier. easier, Yeah, Yeah, because they they give you resistance. You're like, buddy, but you like waited to the last minute. I know. And they say, oh, I'll never do it again. No, I have no budget. And yeah. (laughs) You know, so you're always kind of like, debating yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So, sorry of all my cords and stuff. No, I love I'm always setup. like in here like by myself, right? So, and, I am. Um, but I so you've you've put the quilts on, which is great mm-hmm. for sound. And then do you is this the is this the uh Yeti? At the time of this recording in 2019, I was using the Blue Yeti microphone. It's such a great looking mic. Aluminum and bright. And I recorded directly into the mobile garage band app. It works so great for interviews in my studio. Now I've upgraded. It is, yeah. Yeah. What and do you use? I well, I'm like, I have I have a number of different microphones. I have this one. I have a few other ones. But yeah. for for recording, I use so it's like an XLR mic. Okay. So it plugs into what's called the H6 Zoom recorder. Have you yeah, heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of all of this. Yeah. I just haul my Yeti with me. Da, 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 dum. This is my new equipment, the H6 Zoom with an Alex uh, XLR mic. And I'm using the Shure SM7B microphone, the same one that Joe Rogan uses. Wink, wink. Also, for my side hustle, I needed to upgrade my equipment so my sound was perfect and directly in your ear. I, and it's such a smart way to do it. The only problem I had with it was trying to Tommy. edit voices. So mm-hmm. if I had, so if I had two people on, yeah. and one was really quiet, one was really loud, yeah, yeah. Then when it came to editing, not that I do any of that, but when it came to it, it would just be such a challenge to like try and normalize. Oh yeah, the sound. I am like I. I'm getting so good at it, the are production you? part. Yeah, yeah, because so many people are like that. And the more loud, like I'm quite, a, like I can speak quite loudly. Yeah. And so I try to like adjust the microphone. But <laughs> yeah. um, it seems like the more excited somebody is, the louder they become. Yeah. So if you talk about something that somebody is super passionate about, they're really vocal about it. And then all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, the background yeah. stuff. 
Yeah. And they're very quiet. So then you're like, so I'm always and playing can, with the volumes in GarageBand. Is that what you use? So I, I switched over to Windows computer as of recently. So yeah, it was GarageBand is what I was doing. And yeah. then over to uh, Audacity is the free one for Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, you but, can uh, use it on a Mac as well. GarageBand or Audacity? Audacity. Yeah, you can use that on Because it's on any uh, open source, right? Yeah, it's okay. open source. So I've really enjoyed using that, but... Uh, to be honest, my editing skills are like the bottom of the barrel. And are it's, they? well, it just requires such, you need to, you need to have such attention to detail and you need to, for every one minute of sound, it would take me like, it would take me 10 minutes for every one minute. So they say it's three times as the average. Okay. So I'm, I'm below average. Are you below average? I'm at average? the bottom of that bell curve. I mean, it's like a learning curve with anything. Like <laughs> yeah. if I listened to my, my initial ones, it was so, oh, like what? Right. There's background noise. There's yeah. this, there's that. The and then when I started to kind of really hone in and, and try to get the, the content was there, but then like add some, you know, loops, mm-hmm. like background loops or, yeah, you know, an intro and, and an outro and then try to have some sort of like your own branding music yeah. and that. So then you had to really do your fade-ins and fade-outs. and Yeah. And the production quality is, it's getting so good. Like if you listen to some of these high budget ones, mm-hmm. like of course there's like the well, NDRs. They have, they have and, like, but they, they have like people they have like huge teams yeah, but the yeah. production quality when i first got into podcasts like say like 10 years ago was just somebody on like their phone microphone right mm-hmm. and now it's just it's scaled up that if you don't have at least like reasonable sound your listeners will drop off yeah yeah so you've been doing this for 10 years no no no, oh, no not okay. i've been listening to them for 10 years oh yeah same yeah. like we were my husband's a tech guy mm-hmm. and so we were listening to like twit and when it was oh, like yeah, the only yeah. one yeah. way back when yeah do you remember twit this week in tech when it first started with leo laporte and kevin rose and eventually alex albrecht when he came onto the scene was such a great platform for tech guys and I listened to it with Jeff and I really liked it all those years ago and like screensavers and like the Kevin Rose basically and Leo Laporte group yeah that was like that's like that's like year one sort of thing yeah it's like first year and like Tim Ferriss has Mm -hmm. been around a long time like yeah we know the same yeah it's interesting to see how it evolved and Mm -hmm. just like I'm kind of like actually doing a I like a kind of a review of my own to try to hone mm-hmm. in on maybe a more specific topic. Like yours is really like, this is who I interview and mm-hmm. this is what I'm looking for. Like mine is more random. It's random, but it's really cool. Like I like the fact that you bring on the guests and then you have the the reviews and that sort of thing. Oh, I just, thank you. I, I think that you're, you're, you capture so much more of, and this is something that I've struggled with too, is like. If you're, if you're, oh, doing, I like this feedback. So I don't get feedback. People are so shy, right? With commenting here. No, but, no, but it, it, like I find, so if you're a, if you're like a Tim Ferriss or something, mm-hmm. you're just going to interview high performers, right? And then what I've struggled with is I want to interview all sorts of Calgarians. Like mm-hmm. that was my, that was my approach, but it becomes, it becomes kind of challenging because I know the business crowd and the startup mm-hmm. crowd. I know that. But then if I want to like break into 
interviewing a doctor or right. something. It's just like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, and then I feel like if my listeners are more business focused, then are they going to want to hear, you know, some political person? I know. It's really hard. Like, I'm on your page. I was thinking about maybe trying 2020, a new mm. kind of like a new um, theme. Mm-hmm. I went to an antique store. Mm. And I love antiques. And so I went to an antique store and I, they had like a whole encyclopedia basically of Canadian crime Mm. and it was the collection. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of hone into like 1977. That was the year I was born. So Mm -hmm. if I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick a year, I'm going to pick my year. Yeah. And so I pull it out and I'm like scanning through and... You know, crime is so big, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know if you're listening to crime podcasts. Oh, they're, they're so just, good. They're so good and they're so big and they just like... They're addicting. Yeah. I mean, you want somebody to die in a movie and you want somebody to save them and you yeah. want somebody to investigate it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the perfect formula. Yeah. As you know, I've done this. I'm so happy that I can reflect and gear my questioning topics and subjects to this theme of eat, read, and create. More in line with my personality and yours as my listeners. I don't know. Like, I just couldn't really... I thought, oh, this was going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have this collection of, you know, goodies that yeah. I can... But I don't... Like, I couldn't really... It was like... You know, indecent, indecent in public, um, intoxicated <laughs> yeah. in public. Yeah. Uh, it was like theft. It was like. It's tough to get a story going. Yeah. About, you're like, like indecent like, in public. This is like super dumb. Like I just couldn't really. I'm like, was it going to be a solo? Were you going to, were you going to explain the story as like mm-hmm. a solo? Yeah. Yeah. And then I would add like some ambiance to it. So. Yeah. You know, I could find out where somebody lived or I could, you yeah. know, and kind of give like a little bit of history. Yeah. I I did one a long time ago when I first started out and it was about these two missing girls mm-hmm. and they've been missing for 40 years yeah. in Calgary. And so I... Is this one of your first ones? Yeah, it was okay. one of my early ones, but it's still the highest rated show I've had Like as far ever. as downloads go? Yeah, like downloads and yeah. comments and... Oh, interesting. Cool. And so I reached out, like you, how do you get an interview with a doctor? Yeah. So I reached out to the special units police constable Mm -hmm. at the Airdrie Detachment for cold Mm -hmm. cases in Alberta. I left a message, Mm -hmm. like, winging it. Yeah. So I said, like, I did this podcast, and, like, it's my highest reviewed, looked at in a year. Mm -hmm. And I think there might be somebody interested in it or... You know, like, would you be able to sit down with me and, like, share some details? Mm-hmm. And so, because it's open, they can't. Ah, okay. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so you can... He says, well, why don't you send me your details? Yeah. And then I can shed some light. And at the time, they had just broke a case that was, like, 36 years old. Really? And so, he was kind of, like, really high and positive yeah. with this case. So, I sent him it. He responded to me, and he said, I've added it to the evidence of the case really and, yeah and so i was pretty flattered i'm like mm-hmm. wow that's pretty cool he says you know nothing in it was new but the way that you told the story yeah was really different from and i just like chronologically took newspaper clippings and then yeah put a story together and how long did it take you to put all of that together because it would require quite a bit of research right yeah so there was very little research to do mm. what happened was i went to the library 
and I found this like manila envelope that had all these literally newspaper clippings in it mm. that were handwritten by the librarian of the date. Yeah. It was incredible. And I just kept coming upon the same story mm-hmm. over and over. So I'm like, okay, well, this has got to have something. So I took pic- – you can take pictures of anything there. So mm-hmm. I just took pictures of my phone. And then I kind of went home and just kept reading the stories over and over. And there was about maybe like 15 – people mm-hmm. that spoke about the story in these articles. Mm. So I reached out to the podcasting community and said, like, I need some voices. Would you mm. guys like to read lines? Mm-hmm. So then I sent them the lines and then I inputted all of them all in to my story. So I had like the detective speak and like his oh, buddy so speak cool. and stuff like that. And then you stitched it all together. Yeah. And then I stitched it all together. And so anyway, so yeah, so my article is now in the evidence file for their case. Wow. And so since then, I've had the friend. So her name was Patsy McQueen. No, Ava Dvorak was the other girl. And her sister's friend has reached out to me. Mm. And if you look up the case, mine's the only one that comes up on Google. Wow. How can that be? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like four entries on Google and they're all mine. So you rank one, two, three, four, yeah, basically for it. For the story. Wow. So somebody is interested in it because there's nothing on, you know, her family or, and so I reached out to this lady who had contacted me and I said, would you like to talk mm-hmm. like on air about it or even over the phone? No response. Mm-hmm. The people are very curious. Like they were 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And they, and they were, went missing? Mm-hmm. And is it in Airdrie or in Calgary? It's in Calgary. Yeah. Airdrie is just the police detachment. Yeah. That's where it resides. So it was in Calgary. And they were both from like Dover mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And they were found, their bodies had been placed under the Happy Valley Overpass, mm-hmm. which today is uh, not Hidden Valley. Mm-hmm. So there used to be like a playground there like mm-hmm. a fairground with mm-hmm. it was all people would go after sunday brunch and they would yeah. gather there and have family picnics okay and that's where their bodies were found okay and there was nobody's ever ever come forward no one's been suspicious yeah there's been ever. And there's been no arrests or anything nothing wow that's crazy that's crazy hey so for like the story kind of sits with me ever since i ever found the article it's always yeah. kind of like Somebody knows. Yeah. Because somebody's checking to see. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's actually really interesting. Is there any, like, is anybody else commenting? Is somebody, you know. Who's listening to the show? Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. So isn't that like. That's crazy. For those of you who have listened to my show since the beginning, first, thank you. The show I'm referring to is Calgary Cold Case, the one with Eva Dvorak and Patsy McQueen. I'm working on a follow-up episode to this and the back and forth details from the detective. So stay tuned for a future update episode. It totally reminds me of like that. Uh, what are those, those really popular ones? Like somebody knows something. Or, oh yeah. Someone uh, knows. Or, yes. Someone knows something. One? Yes. With the CBC one. Yeah, is that the CBC one? Because there's C- yeah, there was the CBC one, and um, yeah, there was the NPR one. Anyways, oh, I, I I love NPR. Yeah, yeah, like Serial and all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was the oh, what? And I think they made a Netflix show about it. 
Um, my name is Michael Montgomery, and you can find me at www.ideasandstuff.ca. And for social media, it's Ideas and Stuff Podcast. Oh, Some guy. I start to remember now. The, and the, the next one they have now is like Dr. Oh, yeah. That's right. So you're talking Dirty John. Dirty John. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. That was crazy, hey? <laughs> so good. Freaking so good. Yeah. My wife listened to it or saw the show and she's like, you have to. And I listened to it and I, li- I honestly listened to it for like a full day because it was just Like he just addicting. totally binged on it? Yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I know. Um, my girlfriend at work, she's serious into podcasting too. And so we're always like, what are you listening mm-hmm. to now? And so that was when she got me on. Have you listened to Dirty John yet? I'd recommend listening to this podcast before you watch the Netflix special. It's like reading the book before you watch the movie. Plus, the characters in the podcasts are really them. They're the real people. And the Netflix and the Netflix ones are obviously characters and cast it. Anyways, both are worth the binge, but I highly recommend doing the podcast one first. And then the one, um, Shrink Next Door. Mm-hmm. So it's advertised on there. That yeah. one's freaking so crazy weird. Is it? It's oh, super weird. Yeah. Wondery is um, probably one of my favorite ones to follow. I mean, mm-hmm. there are like millions and millions and millions of yeah. viewers or yeah. downloads, right? And I love how um, Laura Beale speaks, mm. right? Because you have to like their you, voice. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you you're really listening have, to them the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and you really have to like their voice. Yeah. And she's so neat. She's just very um, pragmatic. Is that mm-hmm. how you'd say? How she... Yeah. She's kind of... Yeah, she's kind of like genuine. And, she's genuine and it, she kind of follows the facts, and but she has it in such an interesting way that she portrays it, right? She, yeah. As she's telling the story. Like very good storytelling. Right. right. Yeah. Well, she's a journalist. Yeah. First. Yeah. Have you guys listened to the podcast from Laura Beale? First, she did the story called Dr. Death, and it was about a doctor who botched surgeries in a major way. Like people ended up with weird infections and things left in their bodies or missing, which shouldn't have happened. And even paralysis. He eventually was caught and went to jail. The second show she did was called Bad Batch, and it's about stem cells and the business behind this amazing organic organism. Again, well worth the binge. I just love her voice and how she tells a story. She's also a journalist, so that helps. So do you have any journalistic backgrounds? like for your Me? Yeah. No, zero. I honestly, it, it just kind of... It kind of was just a pet project more than mm. anything. And I really enjoy just the, the whole talking and like uncovering stories and that sort of thing mm-hmm. behind people and, and more so like motivations and what, what, what gets them going. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where, that's where mine really ended up coming from was just out of that. And are you technical? No, like zero. Oh, like okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So none. you're like, I want to get a microphone. Yeah, well, I started to listen. What like, about your wife? Is she does she listen no, to your show? She, yeah, she's yeah, she does. She listens to me and then she critiques me all the time, which oh, is great. I, I hate that, Michael. <laughs> Do you go by Michael or Mike? Either or, but okay. typically Mike. Mike, okay. 
I know. I'm like, my husband doesn't listen. Like, my audience is not him. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not him. Your audience is good because you kind of can, you can hit both, both genders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can hit, like, our demographic. Yeah. The newbies, the newcomers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting group. Yeah, so I think you have a good I think you got a good thing going. Yeah, the, the you know the listenership is it's growing over time mm-hmm. and it's you know it requires it requires time and effort of course to put into it on the yeah, on the yeah. back end, but this sort of thing where you just sit down and talk to somebody and you start kind of poking and prodding mm-hmm. and getting into their story I just find it like endlessly fascinating. It's just if if I could take away like all of the editing and the lining things up mm. and, and that and just have the conversation. Oh yeah, it's the so most if we had fun. like million dollar budgets where yeah, we yeah. can just you know everyone would book everything and then I could just sit down and talk. I would love that. Oh that yeah, so like my hu- like my husband said to me the other day. He's like, oh, your title is so crappy on this one. Like cause the was, title of the show. Yeah, like the show, and I'm like, well, because I don't have any editors. <laughs> like, I'm super linear. This is an interview with Michael Montgomery, and that's yeah. going to be the name of my show. And he's totally. Like, oh, you gotta like. And I looked at I yours. Do the same thing. You're really linear too, which to mm-hmm. me is just like I want to know what I'm listening to. I'm listening to an interview with Michael Montgomery. <laughs> well, right? and I, I thought off the start, like I needed to whatever structure I selected, I needed to stick with it. I know. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it just in. So I think I copied some other podcaster and I just copied yeah. it like exactly. Like and their formula that you liked. Yeah, their formula that I liked. Right. Exactly. And it was just... I'm Don't gonna, reinvent the wheel. Well, and I, I didn't want to have like talking about something and then somebody was going to listen to it and not understand what it was going to be about. So I was... Same thing as you was just interview with. <laughs> this is what they do. And then I you can also reference it too. So you can go back to like, go listen to episode number 10 to hear mm-hmm. more about this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've loved it. It's been it's been really fun. So how many episodes do you have now? We're up to eighty some. Oh, okay, so we're about the same. Yeah, yeah, mm, we're we're similar. And um it, it kind of ebbs and flows with how it really just depends on on how busy I am at the end of the day, on how many I can actually get out, mm-hmm. say in like a month time. My ideal target is like to get one out a week, but I find right. that it doesn't end up happening. So I've been doing it for a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Well, over two years now. Yeah, over two years. So it doesn't end up happening that I get one out every every single week. But you try. You do the best okay. you can. So I'm very regimented with that. Yeah, I know. Your show is very regimented. So yesterday was the first time I was late. But to get it out? Yeah. Yeah. And I got it out on the day. Yeah. And were you sweating bullets? Oh, yeah. I was just like <laughs> freaking out. Isn't he just so personable? Loves to chat and have conversation. He's right, though. The editing part does take up the most amount of time. If we had people and a team to do this work for us, we would definitely expedite the episodes being dropped into the listener's ears more quickly. Because what I've gone and done is, now that I have, like, the studio set up, I auditioned for audiobooks. Mmm, good. And now I'm doing Audible as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm really trying to utilize my equipment and everything. And Yeah, you might as well. And I love the Audible part. Yeah. But it's funny because all the books I've done are all about, like, I wanted, didn't want to do, like, voice characters. Mm-hmm. I have no drama background. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, a dramatic yeah. person, but I don't do drama. Yeah. And so I wanted to do, like, guides. Like, yeah. learn how to do yeah, apps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the very first one I did was What is Wicca? Mm. Oh, I saw that. 
And I know nothing about Wicca. I saw that on your website, yeah. Well, this is so interesting. Yeah. Like the book. You learned was, something new. At the yeah, time. the book was so good. Mm-hmm. And then um then I did one on Buddhism and I did one on chakras. Yeah. It's weird too, because most of the audible people write under a pen name. Be being on Audible, do you mean? Or like in general? No, just in seem- general. Oh, okay. Interesting. Really? Like so when you why- reach out to them, it's a different name? Yeah. That's interesting. And they, like, are very loosey-goosey about, like, this is written by Dr. Valerie Moss. And this is, like... Yeah. I don't... like, And I don't know the legalities or if it's even, like, you know, falsely representing mm-hmm. somebody with... Or maybe they really know this person or maybe that person really did. Like, I don't know any of the background. Yeah. I'm only speculating because everybody has a pen name. Really? Like, every single one. That's I've interesting. Like you think you'd want five to like, or six books now, and all pen names. Yep. You think you'd want to like stand up on the rooftops and like shout? This that is you, my book. These are my book. words. Totally right. Yeah, interesting. And um, a lot of the people who I record for are Italian. Oh, really? Men and women. And do they go? Are their pen names very like? Western like white names, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. like completely different. Like interesting. I shouldn't say white, like yeah, more like Western, Canadian yeah, name, yeah. like English. Yeah, they're not Western. Italian. It's they're not Italian. Italian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, and so then I kept getting like in the beginning because I had no idea. So I'm like reading like. I wonder if it's like a privacy thing, or uh, if they, or it, maybe it's even a marketing thing, right? Well, and I think too that the audience that they're targeting mm-hmm. is. Like a 40-year-old woman. Yeah, you have to have the name. Yeah, so the name marketing. has to, yeah. right, reflect somebody relatable. Yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah, that's like, I've heard one audiobook. It was a woman that wrote it and it was man, it was a man that recorded it and it's so hard to listen to. Yeah, like, I was like, I don't think, I don't think that your audience would be comfortable with this mm-hmm. and I don't think that I can represent it in the right nature. Yeah. In a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, then they just changed the pen name. Really? Yeah. Oh. There's a couple of things here. When you, as the rights holder, maybe not the author, but the person in charge of getting this book to audio, this rights holder, quote unquote, could be the publishing company or someone representing the author or an agency, for example, or the author. They post the title and open it for auditions. So the person you are conversing with likely isn't the author. I've only found this in one case so far in over the 25 books I've completed to date, which was a fiction book. Everything else I've done, like cookbooks and all the self-help, motivation, hypnotism, Buddhism, all of those have been under pen names. If you're interested in knowing more about this, reach out to me. I've now mentored several people about this side hustle and am being mentored by so many people also on this. Because as some of you know, I lost my job at the end of January. And with COVID now bestowed upon all of us and homeschooling, I cannot get a job outside of the house until London goes back to school. So I'm really trying to make this side gig work. 
That's really interesting. It is so crazy, Mike. So how did you how did you end up getting into this? The recording for Audible? Yeah. So there's a there's a company called ACX, mm-hmm. which is owned by Audible. Mm-hmm. And they are the production house to draw in the narrators mm-hmm. and push out the the Audible. The audio. So you production. do you, so you go provide in and a you sample create, or something? Yeah. So you go yeah. in and you create like your profile. Mm-hmm. And then you can put samples on there. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us because we have a lot of content of our voices. Producers looking for titles. Mm -hmm. And then there's authors looking for producers. Mm. So you can be an, you could be an author looking for somebody to produce your book or the other way around. Yeah. And there's like, I don't know, like 150,000 titles sitting there to be audio produced. And then do you bid on them? Is that how So you audition. Yeah. And then you can set your pay. Mm. It's not bad. Like you think about your production, you'd want to. Yeah. You'd want to like. Do you produce it though from scratch? Or do you? Yeah, I do everything. You don't just send them the raw audio. Like it's. Oh no! You yeah. have to have a finished book. Yeah. So you like record, um, then you submit a fifteen-minute kind of checkpoint, so they mm-hmm. make sure your sound is what you are. A lot of people will do it like behind the scenes, so they'll say send me your audition, so we can bypass the mm-hmm. the waiting period. That's cool, and I mean, you get to you get you get exposed to different types of yeah. material. That, so it's right? been very interesting. Like the hypnosis one that I'm working on is like I've never been hypnotized. Yeah, like I remember Rafine, Ravine, or whatever yeah, yeah, his yeah, name yeah. was, like from way back when, before yeah. everybody was smoking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the only one I ever knew. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then David Copperfield. Yeah. So, like, that's my exposure. Like, oh, most that's really people. interesting. Yeah, you get a lot of, you, you, yeah, you get exposed to these different concepts. Like the one that I read had, like, words in it, yeah. consonants and, like, two vowels. You know, yeah. like, how the heck do you, like, <laughs> and, like, where does the, yeah, it was it's so interesting. And if you it up, you have to go back in, and or if you send it to them, and the, it's the wrong pronunciation, I'm sure they'd let you know pretty well, quickly. Well, that's what you want. So, mm-hmm. I would I said to him, I'm like, I need you to just double check and make sure, like, I have the right cadence in them. Yeah. Because some of them I would say slowly. And I know me as a listener, I wouldn't know what the word is. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was interested in Buddhism, for example, I would want to know. That's it's cool. Been, it's been pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, use use the equipment that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then you so, so you just record it here, right? I have converted a small spare room in my house to my studio. I've used sections of London's crib and hung these on two walls with quilts hanging off the rungs for sound absorption. And the one wall is likely almost entirely glass. It's got a huge window. So I've also covered this in a large quilt to help with sound. Plus it's pretty and gives me something to look at. The fourth wall, I did a DIY project taking apart old Adirondacks chairs from our outdoor living area. Breaking these down and making them into picture frames. These gave me nine frames in total and I had an old quilt that's been stored in my closet for like 10 years. I took this quilt and cut it up and the design on it or the design of it is like a log cabin, is a log cabin with reds and blues. I cut this up into the frames and have secured these frames to the last wall, giving it sound absorption as well as a great look in this space. I just recorded here. Yeah. 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 This is great. This glass. But the quilts are, that's 
such an awesome use of them, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And like, this is like from my daughter's crib and we just had it in storage. Oh, that's awesome. So that's her crib. She's yeah. nine. She's eight now. Yeah. And then like the bottom of her crib is there. And then I made these awesome. frames and I had a quilt that I bought like at an antique that's awesome. You're 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 very crafty. That's oh, thanks. really good. Yeah. But you kind of need to, to, especially if you have a guest, like you need to have a little bit more space, right? It's not like come on into my come closet. On. <laughs> like, don't oh, want... sorry about the laundry. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, no. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. My name is Michael Montgomery, and I'm recording from Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, for sure. Is this part of the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I do. Why are you gonna change like your, Yeah, I'm gonna change that. You're gonna, gonna be change. all like Well, my my, <laughs> my passions like, are reading, you know, scientific papers. <laughs> it's just working on my white paper. Not Netflix. Yesterday. Not yeah. Netflix. <laughs> so do you have other passions? No, my so podcasting has been has been a just a true kind of joy. You know, it's an enjoyable thing to break up a very, very busy day. Mm-hmm. And then other things, I would say I'm, I, I don't have quite as many talents as you have, clearly with quilts and your ability to do all these things. But I, I try to learn Thank different you. things. For instance, right now, it seems to be motorcycles and oh. learning computer mm-hmm. programming. Mm. So I go on these little tangents until I get bored, and then I kind of turn around and go to the next thing. So those are the two things I would say I would say right now. What kind of motorcycles are you into? I'm into, well, what I want to be into mm-hmm. are like these big chopper Harley Davidsons, mm. but I'm I'm into the very rookie rookie style ones, which is like. Like a cafe racer, or well, no. So I I have a Suzuki Boulevard, but okay. I am it's it doesn't have as much power as I would really like it to have, mm. but I'm kind of ra- I'm kind of growing with it, with it as I go along. Okay, yeah. So I I absolutely love them, mm-hmm. and I I would say that that occupies a fair amount of time over over the summer. Does months. your wife ride with you? You know, she was very very much against getting <laughs> on the motorcycle right? until I got it. Oh. And so when I got my motorcycle, she's like, you need to have all of this reflective gear. So I'm like head to toe. I am neon. Like yeah. you cannot miss me. <laughs> right. And then as soon as I got the bike, um, she was like, oh, this, this looks kind of cool. So then she got all like this matte black, really like cool looking gear for herself. And so I'm like this. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like neon green and pink. Like you Yeah, can, reflection. Oh, it's, right. it's, it hurts to look at me. Mm-hmm. And then you look at her and she's like totally decked out in like this matte black look. So, yeah, she... Yeah. She, she rides Clearly, clearly eats her own words. Totally. Yeah. Not, not fair. Not like any other wife out there. No, I know. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Rides motorcycles and is getting into technology seriously balanced that scale Mike do you just love his wife's style I think this is the best us wives and girlfriends can totally relate to this entire decision so fun um and you guys live central yeah, we're we're central, so we're both in the real estate industry. So we oh, have you to, both are. Yeah, oh, nice. she she runs basically everything that requires detail, organization, mm. back end structure. My kind of lady. Yep, mm. absolutely. Yeah, she's very very detail oriented. So she runs all of that, and she's amazing at that. 
and then I do more of like the front end going out, meeting clients, that right. sort of thing. So it works really well, but that, that we require to be somewhat central for that. We, well, it's just so much easier, right? So much and easier. And then you can just travel. Yeah. And it's not it, as. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, as we started off, of course, in like a condo downtown and we were like, oh, we're never leaving the Beltline, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where all the cool people mm-hmm. go. And then eventually as you start to grow up and you get a dog and you get this and that. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, so now we're, now we have our zone, which is like, we're okay 20 minutes from downtown. I guarantee give us like five <laughs> years and we're going to be like, oh, as long as we're 45 minutes right, from right. downtown. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're fine. Yeah. So we're actually the opposite. So we lived in McKenzie mm-hmm. for five years, and then we moved to Chestermere and lived in Chestermere for ten years. Yeah, and now we live here. Yeah, you've you've kind of bounced around that. Yeah. So um, when we leave, I'll show you. We have a chalkboard bulkhead in our kitchen, mm-hmm. and the one side is like some of the places we've lived in. There's throughout, probably like 20 on the wall. Throughout Calgary, do you mean? Or is no, this just in general? Um, just in general. Oh, that's cool. So we moved around like a ton, my husband and his family and me and mine, like growing up. Yeah. And like, so for us to live somewhere for 10 years was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a shit ton long time. Yeah. So we really like it here though. We like it central. Although oh, yeah. I work way in the deep south. And do you? Yeah. He works downtown, which is just awesome. But yeah. Someone yeah. else has to drive. And you get you get used to your your little area. You know what I mean? Like I I totally. get so used to my community to the fact that it the thought of the thought of leaving like central mm-hmm. northwest area just I, I just I can't really imagine it. Yeah, like this area here I think has way more a sense of community mm-hmm. than any area we've ever lived in. Yeah. Just because everyone's just so like mobile, mm-hmm. we can walk everywhere, right? Yeah, and the the walkability thing. It's I know Calgary. We're we're a driving city. Like you, you can't totally. really live in Calgary without a vehicle, right? But that whole walkability thing, it goes a really really long way. Mm-hmm. You know, like for us, I would even say just the quality of life of just being able to like leave, go walk around, do something. And I know that Calgary, they're so focused on densifying the inner city and working on the inner city structures and that sort of thing. And I, I'm all for that. I just think that it's... So they have to make it attainable though, right? Totally. Yeah. And like you would definitely have insight into that, you know, with the market. Like I look at the this fourplex that's just up the street from us mm-hmm. and they were renting for like $4,800 a month. Mm. Renting. That's what they were paying for the yeah, rent. Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're wow. paying for the rent. And like, like, how attainable is that? Sure, if you're mm-hmm. here for a six month contract, and maybe the company is paying for it, mm-hmm. but most people can't afford that. Yeah, that's that's you know, like that is like your you know ten or fifteen percent of the mm-hmm. population. Like I know our average market around five hundred is better, mm-hmm. but you know, like. It's, People who don't have a house today, it will be very. It'll be very difficult for them to ever own a home. Yeah, well, and it's 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 really interesting to look at to look at long term trends of income, like average income, mm-hmm. and then average home prices. You can look at this for like any city. Like you yeah. can look at it even in Canada, the U.S., and as a whole, and you see average incomes kind of hover, even when adjusting for, for inflation. Like mm-hmm. they're hovering. They're not moving much in say like. 
even over the course of, say, 40 years, they haven't jumped that much. Mm. But then you look at home prices and it's just astronomical, right? And, of course, being in the industry, we we see the ins and the outs of it. But the attainability of it, it becomes a challenge. Like if you look at Toronto and Vancouver, it's a completely different story. I know. Like, but we can't compare us to them. You can't. Because, I mean, the gap is so enormous. Yeah, you can't. But, I mean, $500,000 to get you into a property, it's still a it's still a good chunk of change. It's not mm-hmm. anything to just say that anybody well, can jump into that. Well, if you need 10% that. down. Like yeah, there's down payments. 50000 or whatever yeah, you need, right? It, yeah, exactly. For sure. So, I think that – I think – it's a challenge. It's a challenging market. Calgary is a is a challenging market in a lot of ways because there's this downward pressure, but then there's also people that are trying to get into the market, mm-hmm. and the people that are trying to get in don't really feel like it's dropped enough, and those people that are trying to get out feel like the bottom's dropped out. You know, you see these big condos going up, mm-hmm. and they have like 400 suites in them. Like, where do all those people come from? Are they newbies that are moving in for the first time? It's their new home. They're moving out of mom and dad. Or is that kind of... Yeah. I'm always so curious. Like, they how are. Do they well, and it, it's interesting to see because when you're developing these big condos, you start digging... Well, you don't even... You just get the land and you start selling them. You start mm-hmm. reselling them. Amazing. Like, right away. Right? Yeah. Because they need the money to build the condo. They need the money to get the loan to right. build the condo. Yeah. So... You, you end up selling these things pre-sale and then what happens in a market, of course, over the course of three years while it's being built, things can change dramatically. Yeah, you get really... transferred, you lose your job, you whatever, right? Yeah, and you're, you're tied to these contracts and you're tied to how, to the market conditions. So you're buying in a certain type of market and then you're actually getting your keys in a completely different market. Mm, and interesting. So it becomes, a, it, it does become a challenge. And I think a lot of times, a lot of it is marketing, like you're being sold into this new, like new smell, new amenities, mm-hmm. and this is what it's going to look like. Here's our computer, our computer vision of what it's going to look like, right? I don't necessarily think it's a good or a bad thing. I, I think that at the end of the day, the developers, they have to get a return on their, on their money, but they can get into these pretty difficult situations when they have these buildings and they're not able to sell them. There's been a few in Calgary that have just been converted directly to rentals. Mm-hmm. So they've had that they've kind of minimized it, but then they've just converted it to a rental because they're not able to get enough. And are they sales. able to rent them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of rides out the storm, but then we're all kind of looking as where, where does this turn around or is this just our new reality? Does it even turn around? And the yeah. answer is anybody's guess. Right. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too, because, you know, years ago, like 2008 when the market, mm-hmm. 2004 when the market was, like, really, really, really increasing, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of that false buying. Yeah. So people would just buy all those properties just to make the money mm-hmm. and hopefully sell, yeah. right, within that three years. Yeah. So you buy low, sell high, ultimately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of gain with that well if you look at these trends it's it, it's you can have like astronomical gain you definitely mm-hmm. can to the point of it's funny like when we're in these sort of markets mm-hmm. we can't really see that it's not sustainable this That's, is gonna end you know what i mean yeah you're kind and, of like living in this yeah you're kind bubble. of like yeah and it's at that point in time you know, market, the market is increasing at such a dramatic rate and it's just going to continue like this. And then, of course, our hindsight looks at this and says, okay, how did we not, how did we not see something like this happening? These, right. these cycles. And at that time, people made a absolute ton. Like they could have made a killing, but if they bought at the peak and they had to sell at the bottom, 
they could have lost a lot too. But what we're in now over the course of like 2014 to now coming into 2020, it's a completely different, if it's a completely different trend, it's not this boom and bust sort of trend that we've seen over the course of time. It's, we've almost treated it like a really big, slow blow. So how we've seen in Calgary is like these peaks and these Mm -hmm, dips mm -hmm. and these peaks and these dips. So it's like correcting itself maybe? Well, it's just like, it's very long and intensive blow where we start, we're starting to see this downward pressure and it's been year over year, this downward, downward pressure. And, and, and there's a few different schools of thought. Some people think that it's, you know, the world coming to an end where another school of thought is we were just riding high and we were like, this is not a sustainable sort of model. And now we're having this long-term correction where some people think this could be like 20 years plus, Hmm. like this isn't just going to turn around overnight because of such a long, slow blow down. It's going to take a quite a long time to return to you know, our high times. And should we even return to our high times? Mm-hmm. I know they always say the best investments, real estate. His thoughts on the market in correcting itself. Do you feel this way? I think I believe this. We were lucky to have bought when the market was lower and weathered through the increase pretty good. Thus moving and buying more inner city. Listen to this story though. Now, all these years later in this was in 1999 when Jeff and I were first dating and we still cringe when we talk about this. Calgary is a long city. It's sprawled and people here are used to driving and commuting. Seems like most people commute a long way like from Chestermere which without traffic is like 20 minutes to downtown and like 20,000 people live in the city of Chestermere. To live downtown or closer to downtown, you're paying more for your home, considerably more. But for us, where we live, we can walk to get groceries. We can walk to dinner, swimming, eating, dry cleaning. Well, you get the picture. Our walkability score is 52 out of 100, which seems low considering what I've just listed out. So when I met my husband, it was in 1999. Mm -hmm. And... We always like to go and looking at homes. Yeah. So we were out and driving around and we went, we were in Chestermere and we were looking at this house on the lake in Chestermere, 1999. Mm-hmm. And this man was in the house, like a couple, another couple were in there and, and he was a pilot. He was looking at the house and the house was like $250,000. Mm-hmm. Our house at the time was worth like one eighty. Mm-hmm. And so we're like walking through this house, we're like, wow, like walkout basement, lake property, blah, blah, blah. And like, the, like a pilot, like mm-hmm. a pilot is looking at this house 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And then so we're like, oh, like, who would spend a quarter of a million dollars yeah. on property, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the house is sold for $2 million. It's today. on the lake now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that is when we kick ourselves in the ass, like very frequently. But um, and how do you know? You don't know, but it's just like one of those things that damn it. <laughs> and like we were newly dating and stuff. We're like, well, we're not getting a mortgage together at the moment, but oh, you know, know, like all those things. I know, and it, you know it, the predictions. It's with anything when it comes to market <sighs> predictions, you, you you really can't in so many ways, right? Like you just try to make the best educated decision you can with the information. Go with you your gut. Yeah. Trust your whatever. Make yeah. sure you can. Yeah. And, when it, and when it comes to real estate, it's it, 
it's one thing if you're buying for an investment and it's another thing if you're buying to put a roof over your head and some people can get really caught up in hey can i get oh, the extra like yeah. 5000 off or something like right. that and it's like at the end of the day that is important i don't want to mm-hmm. take anything away from that but we also really want you to you know the house that you live in is it's a different sort of investment than say in an investment property as you treat like Casual stock or bond or anything or, like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. the house that you have, it, there's it's so much more multifaceted because you have. Are you going to have kids? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? How are you from downtown? That sort of thing. So yeah, it's been an interesting few years in in this market, but it's a it's a really enjoyable career. It keeps you. It keeps and you. And you've on your been toes. in your. You've been doing this for. I think I'm coming up on seven years. My wife's coming up on eleven. Okay. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, it, mm. it, it's, a, it's a very interesting career. Thanks for hanging with us in part one as we banter and get to know each other. I just thought this was so fun as we Q&A'd each other. So I wanted to keep it in and share it with you. Discussing favorite podcasts and motorcycles and his pulse on the city when it comes to real estate. Tomorrow will be part two and the final part of this episode. We get into the goods the true structured Q&A of this interview with Michael Montgomery, or Mike, as he likes to go by. His favorite guests on his podcast and why? These entrepreneurs we can all learn from. Some of them came back on the show to talk about mistakes and second chances. As a side note, I've changed how the podcast episodes will be released. So if there's more than one part of an episode, I'm going to release them the next day. So part one will be today. Part two will be tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. Please stay subscribed. Please keep in touch and share my show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. It's growing and building, and I love sharing and learning from you guys. Email or text me at my email address, Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca, and share your ideas and your comments about my show. My new show music is called Girl, and I love it. It's by Text Me Records, Leviathan. Intro and outro is recorded by London Moss. Cover art and production is by me, Valerie Moss. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information. This is a Valerie Moss original podcast.